Welcome, everybody, to the Quarter Quest Comics on the Cheap podcast, a bi-weekly discussion about diving through the dirt bins and pulling out gold. It's a new week, guys. That's awesome. Uh, sorry we missed last week. We're going to be a little bit behind sometimes, uh, thanks to COVID, thanks to you know having to do this over different ways of doing things. So it's going to be great. So we're we are going to try to mainly do it every two weeks. And sometimes things come up, sometimes life happens, sometimes everything else. And, you know, to those four people that listen to this podcast, I'm sorry that you missed a whole week of this. <laughs> so, um, we love you four guys. We do. Uh, so, I think what happened was when we changed our name, I think people were like, what the fuck? You know, what? What is this podcast yeah. doing on my, my thing? So, all right. So, uh, tonight we have three books from different eras. All cost less than, usually less than a dollar. Um, that we picked up for less than a dollar, pretty much. All right. So, uh, for me, I got to do, which is a book that I bought when I was 13 in the quarter bin, which does technically count, even though it's like $300 now. So... <laughs> this is, it still counts. So, I uh, I picked up All Star Comics presents Super Squad number fifty eight from nineteen seventy six by DC Comics, with art by Rick Estrada and Wally Wood, and written by Jerry Conway. This is the first appearance of Power Girl. So, thirteen um, year old kid finds this in the comic like 25 cent bin uh never heard of most of these characters before um you have of uh, the flash of course you know who the flash is you have hawkman of course uh who the fuck is dr midnight uh <laughs> i had a superpowers collection of dr fate so i've been a fan of dr fate since i was like a wee kid when those superpowers cartoons were out um green lantern who the fuck is this guy right uh he's wearing some weird red purple and blue or red purple and green suit it makes no sense to me it looks ridiculous um star spangled kid like oh you guys are pulling the bottom of the barrel here um <laughs> then you got this weird robin right and it's it's dick Grayson, but he's older and he's still wearing the robin suit which is a badass robin suit like i love that look like the earth 2 robin um, so let's get into this book. He's not wearing trunks. No, it's, it's awesome. Right. Uh, but it's not quite the red Robin suit that he has, you know, that they stole from Dr. Midnight. They used, um, he actually looks pretty cool. Um, so in this book, of course, like every all-star squadron, there's a, a calamity and they all have to split up and go into stuff. Like they go into teams and go fight this thing. So they go to different parts of the world and one of one team runs into the star spangled kid and they leave him alone for uh, like what? Okay. So he's off just fighting whatever and they go to another place and they meet Robin and okay, that's cool. And then they go to a third place and they're like hmm, you know what would be really helpful right now? Superman. Superman would be so helpful right now, but he's off planet. And holy crap, all of a sudden, out comes a girl wearing a white unitard with a red cape. And 
saves the day. And she's a complete a-hole. And it's awesome. And she's like, um, you know, she's like super confident in her powers. She's like, you know, Clara, uh, Cal just didn't want me to come out of hiding. And they're like, uh, one of those little like boxes on the bottom. They're saying like, um, apparently Karen has been in hiding a lot longer than the Earth One counterpart, right? Because <laughs> this is the 1970s and uh, Supergirl's been out since the 1960s. So they're like, man, Clark's been hiding her for quite a bit longer. And <laughs> she pretty much just takes over like the whole thing. Like uh, she creates her own superhero team. She in like changes like the roster for the All-Star Squadron and just kind of like completely takes over. And it's like, yeah, that's badass, right? And this is where um, the whole how big are her boobs going to get things started, right? Um, Wally would believe that nobody was paying attention to his artwork. And to prove it, he kept making her breasts bigger and bigger, like as it progressed through the storyline. And as flotation devices. And I'm like, okay, I put up some pictures on Discord under the It's Too Wordy tab. And you can see, like, back in the day compared to what she is now, and there's no difference. So I really wonder how ridiculous it got between uh, All-Star Comics number 58 to today. Like, in those that All-Star Comics run. Like, I really want to go back and... I sound like a complete perv, but I really want to see, like, how <laughs> ridiculous Wally Wood got it to be in those books. Because... Apparently, there's this huge thing about it. So, and what's weird is 13 year old me didn't even notice. Like, it was just like, okay, she's awesome. Right. And the bad thing is, like, if you look at the cover, right, there's this weird, you, you can't see it, but on the bottom, there's a, there's this weird black, like, shadow thing right there. And for, I don't know, for 20 years, I thought that was like a, an oil stain. Like somebody put like their coffee on it. But actually, it's like a shadow of the villain that's in it. Like forever. I was like, is this why it's a quarter? Because somebody put their fucking coffee down on this? <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I really fell in love with the All-Star Squadron back in the day. Uh, found like the, the old JSA stuff. Like those characters for some reason just spoke to me like Alan Scott, like um, Wildcat um, TNT, like all those guys um, really, really kind of really cool. Uh, I really like those characters and I like the way that they did them, you know, like doing like this old 1940s book in, into modern times. And it was really, really like interesting for me when I was 13, like, you need to know like all these new characters and the history of DC and stuff like that. So, um, who's next? That'd be Kirk. Yay! Yay! All right, so I had the 1980s independent book. Uh, Nick kindly loaned me Rogue Trooper number nine. By An quality, actual UK comic. Quality. <laughs> by Quality Comics. It was released in the UK and Canada in August of 1987. 
It was written by Jerry or Gary Finley Day. The art was Brett Ewins. Ewins? There. Uh, lettering was Bill Nuttall. I mean, Nuttall. Okay, so the plot. A war is raging on New Earth between the North and the Southers. The war soon comes to New Europa, where Rogue Trooper comes upon the Franks, uh, Frank sector access point. Upon meeting the soldiers, he realizes that the soldiers are wearing old Earth-style French army uniforms and speaking with Tony X-10. Rochupin. Okay. Oui, oui. The oui, oui. Oh. The name of the complex was the Napoleon Complex. So immediately, I instantly loved it because it's playing on all this bullshit, like parody shit. Slapstick humor type. Right? So Trooper finds out that during the siege, the Frank soldiers defended so well that something called DGD set in. DGD stands for Don't Give a Damn. Uh, They started watching vids, and that's when they started taking on these traits. To make a long story short, all the New Europeans have gone batshit crazy. Um, what I liked about it was the art was fun, the story grabbed me. I don't usually like post-apocalyptic uh, comic books, but uh, this was... But I want to read more. Like, I looked up how much it would cost to get, like, the first volume of the... Uh, the, uh, on in trade, and it's about twenty bucks, so I think I might pick it up. Um, and as Nick said, it was an honest to God UK book. Um, the only thing that I disliked is I couldn't find uh, what year the book came out, what month, so I had to look it up on the interwebs. That was all. That was the only thing I didn't like about the book. And now, it's so nuts. Are these by the? Is this by the same guys that did Judge Dread yes. originally? That's yeah, I think, I think they all came out in 2008. Yeah, I think that's why I liked it so much. So, it was a good read. Yeah, I love that book. Really, it was like, awesome. Real Jupiter. <laughs> like his helmet is a robot that talks to him, and yep, yeah, yep, like, and his gun, so- his gun talks to him too. Yep. <laughs> Like his gun stays behind while he goes off with his helmet. Yep. <laughs> it was really, really good. So, yeah. Like I really want to find more of those. Yeah, I I think I, I found volume one of it. Yeah, and I, like I said, it's twenty bucks, so I'm gonna Yeah. I'm gonna order it here soon so I can read from the beginning. So yeah, awesome. just making sure it's the UK version because that IDW version was crap. Oh boy, yeah. Well, I now know to look for the UK price in the top corner. Yeah, uh, I, I would stay away from all American Judge Dread books too. Well, Batman just, Judge Dread wasn't horrible. 
wasn't no, but super that, great, but it wasn't horrible. When you got Alan Grant and Simon Beasley doing the stuff, you know, you can't yeah. really go wrong with that. But when you have the DC Judge Dredd, and they just did not get the concept at all, you know? And yeah. IDW didn't get the concept of Dredd either. It's well, like... That's what I got you for. You've got all those volumes in your in your uh, library there, so... I oh, I still really want that that other omnibus that I could never get. Like, yeah. So I have the I have two of the three and I just can't get the the last one. But we'll find it. All right, Ryan, what what spectacular book do you have for this week that I don't know why, but everybody loves your reviews the most. So <laughs> We love well, Ryan so much. We hate Nick and Kirk. Ryan's the star of the show. Because <laughs> uh, oh. you always seem to have like the biggest surprise, and I don't think Kirk and I have the resources to, you know, dive through the dollar bin as a job. Pre pre going out to the floor. Right when I work the back issues, yeah, that happens. Um, <laughs> all right, so I started off with Coneheads. Issue two, it was horrible, and I'm like, oh, I can't yeah. do a review oh, on this. This is oh god, I I never cared for the characters anyhow. I never saw the movie. I walked out of the movie. They oh, did crazy. a good job of getting the characters to look like the actors, but because I could tell who they were. But uh, yeah, I'm like, no, I'm not going to review that. So I thought I would do, would do a upgrade. <laughs> Um, and I was wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and at this point, I was like, I give up. I am not doing any others. Um, so I'm doing Bishop from January of 95 with the shiny cover. Uh, it's written by John Ostrander and penciler was Carlos Pacheco. Like X-Men Bishop? Like X-Men Bishop, yeah. What? Why would the, you do that to yourself? And, uh, I don't even know how I own this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I'm like, I need a 90s book. I was going through my stuff. I'm like, hey, this is a 90s book. It's got a shiny cover. I'm like, why do I own this? It's the only issue of Bishop I have. Um, so I have no idea what happened in issue one because, again, don't have it. But... Apparently, there is a bad guy named Mountjoy that they wanted to make sure that you knew that he was the bad guy because Bishop literally said it every time he opened his mouth through this whole thing. Um, Shard is his sister who is a hologram that Forge fixed up. He, and in this issue, he essentially quits the X-Men because he has to go after Mountjoy and Professor X is like, we don't kill. And he's like, well, I'm not an X-Men anymore because I'm going to go kill Mountjoy. Um, and then he proceeds to go chasing after Mountjoy with his holographic sister floating along, um, which was unbelievably weird because there is one point where he's riding a motorcycle and she goes, her head is leaning against the gas tank of the motorcycle looking up at him. Kind of weird for a brother sister thing um even if it is a hologram he tries to go to warn the police about um mount joy 
they just kind of laughed at him because they're like, oh, you're a future cop. Ha 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 ha. Fantastic. We don't care. And he blows up the police station. And it continues for them just ch- chasing Mountjoy. So unless you really like Mountjoy, um, or Bishop for that matter, you probably would stay away from this one. Uh, what I did like, the art was fantastic. Um, but as far as what I disliked, I'm not super familiar with Bishop. Uh, I'm not a big X-Men guy. But they did do a series called District X where he was kind of like a detective in a noir type scenario that I thought was fantastic. So I can't say I completely hate Bishop, but uh, yeah, this was not good. Um, but better than, maybe better than the Coneheads? Maybe not. I don't know. I can't decide. So I can guarantee you nobody's going to be excited about this one. Hmm. I got I, I, I got a point of contentious contention where Professor X says we don't kill. Uh, well, in this series, in 1995, they don't kill, according to Professor that's, X. That's volume one. Okay, he killed the Shadow King, but that was before this volume. And he killed Magneto, unleashing Onslaught, two years prior to that book. That's true. Same run. So it's okay if Professor X kills somebody, just not anybody else. Maybe it's just okay for him to say that to a time traveler. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I was going to do, I just didn't get time to read it. Uh, What was it? Detective Platypus versus Monkey. But um, just didn't get a chance to read it. So that one's coming soon for those that might, might be interested. All right. So question for you guys. New 52, just a little over 10 years old now. So I thought we would talk about maybe uh, see what you liked about New 52, what you disliked about New 52, because it certainly left an impact, at least during that time frame on comics, and it irritated a lot of people. Hey. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't hate it. I mean, there were some good ones. Um, of course, Aquaman, the revival of... The badass Aquaman. Aquaman was pretty good. I'll leave it there. I mean, Um, (laughs) uh, they tried to bring back Hawk and Dove, and they gave it to fucking Rob Liefeld. Murdered that book. Uh, They murdered Hawkman. That fucking was horrible. Yeah. Sorry, Kurt. I did like that that they had Jim Lee drawing... uh, Justice League, and didn't he do Batman during that too? A little no. bit. No, Greg Capullo. Greg Capullo was, just, was pretty much was that just, whole run on Batman. Justice League. Then, uh, he may have done Detective. I mean, I know the main story Batman he did not touch, but he may have done Detective. I'm not sure he did Detective. I picked up the uh, first volume of the trade just because it was Jim Lee and Jeff Johns of the Justice League. I remember picking up uh, Blackhawks and being like, I heard this is going to be like their new G.I. Like their G.I. Joe. I couldn't get past issue one. I no. did not care. Like it was so bad. Um, A lot of people didn't get past issue one. I think it canceled it like that issue... 
seven or eight. I think of the new 52 stuff, I only read the Justice League trade and then the Aquaman stuff. Yeah. Because you told me to read it, and I read it, and it was, I loved it. I, uh, I remember this huge um, backlash about Starfire. Like, um, because at the time, Teen Titans Go was huge. And everybody believes that Starfire is this cute little innocent, like, teenager from yeah. a different planet. No, she, uh, she's got a sex drive that is unparalleled. Like, you know, Raven. Yeah. And she's just, she's not that character from the cartoon ever. She's never has been. And that whole backlash was just like, well, you're an idiot for judging the character off of a cartoon. I mean, if you're going to judge Batman, don't judge him off of the animated series. You know? And I will say if you're going to judge Harley Quinn, I think you should judge, you should judge Harley Quinn off of her cartoon because that's such a better storyline. Yeah. Um, I, I picked up Suicide Squad. I remember picking that one up and, mm -hmm. Meh, you know, it was okay. I mean, it wasn't so great. Um, Red Hood, eh, you know, I can live without it. And the fucking Blue Beetle, I'm sorry, if you're going to relaunch the fucking DC Universe and you're going to fucking start it with Jaime Reyes, fuck you, DC. Fuck you for not even putting a goddamn thing about Ted Cord in that. I'm sorry. It's just like, Her, God damn it. Did you have the over or the under of Nick talking about DC before he brought up Blue Beetle? I'm sorry. Once again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I had the, uh, the over, but I completely agree with Nick. No, I um, absolutely agree, too. I just was surprised it wasn't the first thing you brought up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did I did really like the Captain Adam book. I think the, the mix of him and Dr. Manhattan was actually a really cool concept. Because if anybody knows DC history, that, you know, Alan Moore based Dr. Manhattan off of Captain Adam. So, right that that whole like he's mostly just now a god kind of it was actually really cool you know um uh i did pick up i vampire issue one didn't care i didn't yeah. read flashpoint take that back i liked flashpoint the first flashpoint <laughs> <laughs> um detective comics was by tony daniel and ryan Wynn. okay <laughs> I was trying to see the name on it. And I will say, even though Court of Owls was a really good storyline, I loved uh, Detective Comics because it was so dark. Like, they went super dark with the Joker in that. Like, yeah. No face. Like, ugh. It was like, that was fucking disgusting. That is just, and I loved it. There was some some books like Supergirl, and I couldn't get past her stupid costume. Yeah, like the redesign with those horrible boots, and and say what you will, Superman should not wear armor. No, I mean it was just stupid. Like I get it, I get the Flash wearing armor, I get Batman wearing armor. Superman, he doesn't need it. He needs to be doubly protected. You know, I think the bigger hits for that series or the New Fifty Two were probably some of the lesser titles. Swamp Omac. Thing. I know you loved Omac. Yeah, no, 
<laughs> but like Swamp Thing, Animal Man, uh-huh. uh, Justice League International is really entertaining. Um, what about Demon Knights? I know you love the Demon Knights. It started off really cool. And then it just felt like it was going nowhere. And I'm not a huge fan of the Demon because I don't want to read rhyming constantly. If I wanted to read rhyming constantly, I'd read a nursery rhyme book. But um, Justice League Dark was great. Um, All-Star Western was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, you know, obviously, Green Lantern guy, I really like the fact that they actually gave me a few titles opposed to just one. But uh, Wonder Woman was amazing. I thought mm-hmm. Wonder Woman was unbelievable. But then there's, there's other titles you're like, what in the hell were they thinking? Batwing, um, you brought up Blackhawks. Uh, I was I saw another one. Fury of Firestorm was absolutely horrendous. Uh, Frankenstein Agent of Shade. <laughs> Who wants two Legion books? Nobody wants one Legion book. They Boy, put two le- uh, <laughs> well, Legion lost anything by Dan Jurgens. You can just throw in the trash. <laughs> um, and it was horrible. I'll say that it was it was bad. Yeah, the original Legion Lost uh, from like ten years prior to that was amazing. When they all like all trapped, like and they all got separated and they all got lost in the universe. It was really cool. But this this one was just. Ugh. I think my biggest thing was that some of the stories carried on from pre 50 new 52. And then some of them were like restarts, like the justice league. Oh, they're just now meeting each other for the very first time. But like Batman carried on green lantern carried on. And I think that was it. The rest of them were kind of like restart and it was not good. Well, then you had like these weird, uh, you had the Batman Beyond book that came out. You had the Black Canary, yep. the Constantine, the whole Earth 2 thing. And okay, Justice League 3001. Ugh. <laughs> so, Ugh. Just, they were just like what we do on our other show is just throw shit onto the wall and see if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Like, just, we're like, uh, let's try, let's try this. Um, how about we, uh, we don't like, We are Robin. I don't even remember when that that ever coming out. I don't remember. Oh, oh it was horrendous. Oh, it was like a bunch of kids become Robins. It, it, no. Do you know Batmite had a, a six issue series? Yeah. What? Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps was New Fifty Two. Green. Well, there was some. Yeah. It. Yeah. It would have been the sixty three issue. That's the one I, I picked up. Right. Yeah, I was, because I thought originally it was the um, five-part miniseries. But yeah. But they had a lot of controversy, too, because, I mean, they, Batgirl, um, they retconned the whole being in a wheelchair. She's mm-hmm. now moving around. I know that irritated a lot of people. I actually really enjoyed the Batgirl 
series, but Gail Simone wrote it and she got the character. So I thought if you got past that, you could really enjoy the book. Um, Superman was, what was it? Like mom and Paul Kent died early or something like that. So he's like an orphan on his own early on or something along those lines. <clears throat> or was that action comics where he was running around in the t-shirt and the jeans and the boots? Oh, that was action because that was Grant Morrison. Yep. Yeah. Well, I knew it was somewhere. Um, Oliver Queen, like, turned the same age as his own kid, Connor. It's like, yeah. And they really tried to bring in those, like, uh, Wildstorm, you know, Grifter and Stormwatch and stuff like that. Just not good. Once you took the nuts off of the authority, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, yeah. the whole point with the authority was it was just so violent and so. Uh, when when you how how do you put this? Um, when you have the Avengers, like Captain America and Thor, raping Midnighter. Was it Midnighter or was it Apollo? It was Apollo, right? It was that, Apollo. Yeah, that uh, Thor raped, and and it was just like that. That took some balls to publish and. Yeah. Then DC got a hold of it and it just kind of like just castrated it. I mean, Stormwatch was great back in the day. Um but, you know, I think it was because yeah. they were pushing that that edge and then you know, you, you took that away. Yeah. And you put Martian Manhunter on the team. Like, what the Ugh. fuck? They're like, we need to put him someplace. He's not in the Justice League. Throw him here. Yeah. We need something to do with this green asshole. So, because they have, like, I think there's some characters that they just have no idea what to do with. And I think yeah. that's probably what 52 was about, was trying to reintroduce all these old characters that they have no idea. Breathe new life into them. Putting them on a team of some sort to do it. And I, I kind of get that, and I'm all for that, honestly. Just try to have a story for them instead of yeah. what they're doing. Because I mean, when they did this, it, I because I read every single first issue of all these at minimum. Mm-hmm. And some of them I absolutely thought were fantastic. Like I mentioned, there's some of them that I was like, why in the world would you even do this? Um, they revamped Birds of Prey, which was horrible. You know, so... And then they really pissed off everybody again when they did Rebirth uh-huh. just a few years later to fix everything that they screwed up in New 52. And they wonder where all the readership is nowadays. <laughs> because you guys do it every five years or yeah. every 10 years. You guys write yourself into a hole and you can't figure out how to get through, you know, get through it. Hey, yeah. the easiest way to do is just cut it and go. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. I think that's an editorial problem. I think that they need somebody, you know, be- like like they used to have, you know, like an old Stanley or a Julius Schwartz that knew everything that was going on in their books. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's a problem across the board for all companies. It's not even just DC anymore. I mean, how many times have they relaunched? Um, what was it Guardians of the Galaxy? It, basically, anything Kirk reads, they relaunch after about eight issues. 
Because then they do that with. Uh, <laughs> they went twenty-seven on uh, uh, Marauders. There you go. Yep. But they can do the, like eighty-some books with Spider-Man. That. See, I think the thing is like, um, not. I'm not going to talk about Marauders, but I'm going to talk about like the Guardians of the Galaxy. Is because they took one of the greatest books, like the number one book from Marvel, and canceled it. And um, then they made the movie and then they had to re like figure out like, okay, we're going to make everybody look like they did in the movie and try to fix like they changed star Lord. They changed Drax. They changed, they changed everything. They changed rocket um, to be more like the person in the movie. And then, well, you know what happens is people get tired of the movie and and then it just kind of like slides off and like nobody wants that star Lord. You know, I don't. The thing about the thing about Guardians is, as I read that twelve issue run, they killed off Rocket, and then I looked at number one, and Rocket's right there on the cover, alive. He got he and got like, cured apparently. <laughs> he wasn't really dead. He was in some kind of weird coma. Yeah, yeah. it's aggravating as shit. That's because the new writer came on and was like, "I love Rocket, so we're going to bring it." I'm like, uh but yep. But yeah, DC kind of started all that, and the the really funny part to me is, for the longest time, I said I had a hard time reading Marvel just because all their stuff was so far out there, and the completionist in me, which is my own problem, was like I'd never be able to get all these issues. And then all of a sudden, they, everybody started relaunching everything. And now they won't stop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> I, would like, I would like a book that, you know, any book that I like, just to go past 25, 30 issues. Just one. Click Spawn. That thing's never going to die. Yeah. Oh, Savage I, Dragon. Uh, Savage Dragon's uh, still going. My stepbrother found his uh, his one box of comics that he bought. He has like one short box, and he's got like Spawn number one and all these other ones in there. But yeah, I know Spawn. I just couldn't get into it. I tried when they were running up to three hundred, and I was like, this just doesn't interest me anymore. Well, it's interesting somebody because now they have King Spawn and Spawn Universe and something. I mean, they're just launching Spawn titles left and right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I even tried uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and that got boring. I think it, you know, with you can only go for so long reading. There's characters you like. I mean, I even get bored with the Green Lantern stuff. Just, again, back to the completionist into me. I'm going to yeah. keep on getting them. I'm going to keep on reading them. But I, I think that's why I kind of switched so heavily over into the uh, independent scene because there, it wasn't superheroes. It was five to seven issues a lot of times. And then it was done. You had a complete story. If you're lucky, there might be a sequel if it was a decent read. If not, oh, well, move on. Not a big deal. Um, but with that new 52, I 
I would say, you know, there's probably seven, eight books that I would really highly recommend the rest of them. I would say, find them in your quarter bin. Because <laughs> that's yes. where they belong. I will say, if I'm going through the back issues and I see that logo of the New 52, and I'm like, yeah. I just skip it. I will absolutely just skip that logo. Yeah. Because it's like this... I don't know. It just seems like it's in, like this two-year span of uh, that never happened for me. Yep. Yep. It's just like an experiment that failed. It was just like, okay, I'm not picking yeah. any of them up. I don't care. I mean, like the completionist me and me is like that doesn't exist. <laughs> well, I've got all the ones I've already I want, you know. So. Yeah. I don't even look at them anymore, but I mean, I think I did go back and I got all of the Hawkmans just because I went through a Hawkman phase. Oh my and it God. Was not good. Oh my God. I don't know. I wanted to say I had all the Hawkmans from the eighties to the current and I picked it up. Hopefully I hoping I could figure out the story of it until Robert Vendetta did his thing and made it, reasonably great and then they canceled it promptly <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I don't. just that's just like what we have to go through you know being a fan and you know yeah sometimes the books we love aren't selling very well and some of them that are selling very well they still cancel yeah and it doesn't make any sense so you just never know what books are going to keep going. Well, I know looking at the shelves nowadays, if you go out and look, DC has maybe five ongoing series. The rest of them are like miniseries things. It's, it's ridiculous. There's, there's at least eight Batman miniseries plus the main titles going on right now. Nobody needs that much Batman. Nobody. I like but, Batman, and I don't want that much Batman. But like Superman, I mean, they're they're not even doing a publication of just him anymore. I think it's the son of Superman, mm-hmm. and you know they're doing all this black label stuff, and there's some really good black label stuff, but all of it all pretty much revolves around the Batman series. Um, I'm trying to think of. Oh, Human Target. They they are doing a Human Target series by Black Label. I was going to tell you the guys about this. Get it. It is amazing. Yeah. One of the members of the Justice League, um, like the Guy Gardner, Max, uh, Blue Beetle, you know, that, that Justice League, one of them attempted to kill Lex Luthor in the human target is now trying to figure out who it was. And they had a whole issue with your blue beetle. Yeah. It was amazing. See, I was wondering why there's an art germ variant for one of those that was ice maiden on the cover. Mm -hmm. I was like, what does this have to do with, (laughs) with the human target? But yeah, it, it is a, a fantastic series. It caught me by surprise. Absolutely check it out. Cool. Okay. Cool. Well, let's 
that's what I wanted to talk about is the new 52. See what you guys thought about it. Oh, awesome. In a few more years, we can discuss rebirth. (laughs) Yeah. In a couple of years, we'll just talk about house of X and see if that holds up. (laughs) Hickman's already gone. They're going to change everything. I've seen some of the artwork for the upcoming books and I'm just like, Oh, okay. No. You know, I'm just they There's they took only one Go ahead. No, I just I think yeah, I mean his his time is done on it and I think they're just going to ruin it now by publishing like eighty five X Men books a month. Yeah. You took that that want that there was no X books for like two years or yeah. something like that. And you just flooded it again. And yep. that's that's not what we needed. We needed one core book that was really good, not 85 books that are not good. You know? Yeah. I mean, how long before we get another long shot miniseries? How long oh, before I hope soon. How long before Maggot gets his own series? When yeah. what's this <laughs> I swear to God, I saw a maggot on one of the like uh, the previews for last month, the Marvel previews. I swear there's a maggot on there, on that um, that table, right? When they're doing the, the Last Supper. Yeah, there's a maggot on there. So guess yep. who's coming back? Yeah. And I'm surprised they're not chewing on Morrow on that cover. <laughs> you know, I liked, I liked the uh, when they did launch X-Men. Right after House of X, it was really good. Like it showed Magneto being Magneto and Charles Xavier, kind of going along, being walking that middle of the road. And then they rebooted it, and it was like the story was so good. Yeah. And I'm like, the only thing I didn't like about it is they lobotomized Cyclops again. Yes, sir. Anything you want me to do, sir. I was just the mutant savior. Now I'm your bitch again. <laughs> I think they have a plan for that. It, it feels like it. I think they do. Because Inferno was really good. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I miss the uh, Malcolm X of the mutants, Cyclops, where he don't give a shit. Yeah. You know, so, but I could do a whole show on that and we don't want to do that. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're pushing 45 minutes right now. Yep. Wow. We're, we're a 15 minute show, you know, so <laughs> <clears throat> well, uh, we, we should probably like log off and, uh, yep. we'll uh, talk to you guys in two weeks when, um. uh, I think I have this the eighties and Kirk has, has the nineties or two thousands. Yep, I have the nineties. Yep. Okay. And Ryan's got sixties and the seventies. Pretty sure I can figure out something. Better than Bishop. <laughs> yeah, there's there's gotta be something out there that's actually better than Bishop. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. They can't all be winners, man. No, they can't. So <laughs> go out there and find uh, Police Academy 4, the, group, no. the, the adaptation. There you go. Be better than Bishop. 
Absolutely. I'll, I'll start digging. All right, man. All right. We'll see All you guys right. in two weeks. Two Bye. weeks. Bye, Bye guys.